Consecration and Influencer Panel. I'm joined today by Isabel Berman and Chloe. Um, Chloe Watts, and she has, um, of course, joined us previously before. You may have read her beautiful work um, in the magazine. Um, and of course, she's also been interviewed as well. Um, and then, of course, Isabel is actually one of our cover girls for our fashion issue. So that's very, very special. Um, and as I said before, you can request your free copy um, online and then you can view that digitally very, very soon. Um, I'll let the ladies um, introduce themselves, so Isabel and Chloe, and they'll tell you um, about their businesses, what they do, and so on. So, Isabel? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, so I founded iShow, which is an influencer management company, and we also do what I like to call influencer brokerage for brands. So we help uh, startups run influencer campaigns. My passion is very much uh, getting on board with a startup and helping them build their exposure until they no longer need me to. That's when I know I've done my job. Um, so, and that's my biggest passion really is working with startups. It's what I've been doing for eight years now. Um, and then I founded iShow at the start of the pandemic. Uh, as we were mentioning on the previous panel, we've been really lucky in that digital has had a huge growth with the pandemic and the company has really snowballed as a result of that. I'm kind of sat here today and I'm like, I can't begin to get my head around the stuff that we've been doing over the last year and a half. Um, and yeah, it's all about kind of giving earnest to the creators, to supporting, nourishing them, making sure they're empowered, that they're paid fairly, but also protecting the brands, ensuring that they're getting a return on investment from the campaigns. Um, and the influencer marketing, you know, it's no longer a new concept. It shouldn't be a gamble. So we're here to try and take that fear out of the industry a little bit. Thank you. And Chloe, <laughs> Chloe's on the other spectrum of this. I am. I love that. Congratulations for starting in the pandemic. Awesome. So I'm Chloe Watts um, and my business is called Chloe Digital. We are seven years old this year in December. It's like having a child that's seven years old. Um, and we are the tech partners to influencers. So like they just said, on the other side, we see the influencer as the CEO of their own content-based business and we're behind the scenes working with them and strategizing with them on how they can scale their business as entrepreneurs. So we work with their agents, then we work with people that help them get brand partnerships, affiliates, affiliate revenue, ad revenue, etc. But we really see them as the entrepreneur. Um, and I think there's not a lot of people in the industry that do see them in that regard. Um, but at the end of the day, they, they are incredible women building very successful small businesses like eyes for that is it um, but in terms of me my background's in tech so i'm a self-taught web developer from when i was a teenager back in the myspace days um, <laughs> and i launched my business yeah as i said seven years ago and i have an incredible team that works uh, behind the scenes of many many successful influencers building six to seven figure businesses i love that thank you very much uh, and with what Chloe just said, um, uh, it just made me think actually about one of our previous cover girls, um, Alice Olivia Cross. Um, uh, I think uh, I think that's a really great case study. I think of someone that is an influencer, but she wanted to actually be seen as a businesswoman, and that's what she's mm -hmm. actually done um, by releasing her namesake brand um, because of Alice. Um, so it would just be really interesting um, again to hear, you know, from 
different sides of, of what you do. Um, and I think what I really love uh, a lot about your business, Isabel, um, is I think one of the things you mentioned to me when, when we did you know, speak was you wanted to cut out that middleman for so many brands and so many companies and so many people. And um, a lot of brands, businesses, people invest in things like PR and such, um, but they don't actually get what they're given or, or rather what they're paying for. They don't, they don't really get much out of it. Um, so, so talk me through that and, you know. Yeah, I mean, my biggest qualm is that I absolutely love the industry that I work in. I've been doing it literally since like I was in college and in uni and everything it's all I've ever done I've always worked full-time um but I was really fed up with the way things were being done and I felt like there was a lot of exclusivity and a lot of gatekeeping within the industry um and that it wasn't it became so transactional uh and it wasn't fair to the people who matter and to the people investing in this I think what we do is that we work both on the influencer side and on the brand side to combine the two and that as you said cuts out the middleman uh everything i'm so focused on is about protecting our clients so a lot of influencers and as chloe was saying they are they're running businesses they are putting themselves on the internet they're creating content they're styling they're photography they're being a model there's so much that goes into it copywriting strategy and people don't see that people don't take that for what it is uh but a lot of them haven't come into influencing because they want to look at contracts and because they want to review business and that's where we come in to really help and support that, uh, you know, because at the end of the day, brands are using these influencer images to, to gain profit. It's really important that there's ethical diligence that goes mm-hmm. into that to ensure that it's done in a proactive way, both for the brand and for the influencer. And then on the brand side, we, we, are, we have the element of control of what an influencer does. Uh, we're involved in the campaigns so we can say to a brand, right, this is what you're going to get out of it. This is what the engagement you should be looking at is. And it removes the gamble from it, as I was saying earlier. It removes saying, oh, yeah, sure, give us some money. and We might get some influencers to talk about your product. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, because that's just not the way things should be done anymore. It's saying, okay, this is what you can expect. Um, and then we're able to provide services to the influencers. We do free photography. We do editing. We have a fashion closet. Um, we go through strategy with them as well. And it all is kind of working towards what we believe the ultimate luxury to be, and that's free time. The more time the influencers have to be creative and to create content, the more their audience responding to them. Brands are getting a high quality advertising trust and engaging with that narrative. And these women are having their careers grow and grow, and we're kind of cheering them on in the background. So that, that's kind of how we marry the two together. Thank you. I love that. And with yourself, Chloe, of course, you're on the tech side of things and you're um, almost marrying uh, the two. So, you know, content creation um, with tech. Is that something that you think will catch on? I mean, it's been about for a minute. Like, <laughs> okay. like when I first started, everyone just had a blog, right? There was no Instagram. There's no social. Uh, well, there's Facebook and MySpace. So you had your blog and that was it. You was writing a lot of long form content. And then Instagram came about and then came short form content. So in terms of imagery and then eventually video. Right. Um, and, you know, the blog, the blog, the long form content kind of died out for people who actually weren't passionate about it. The people that just love sharing the outfits and whatnot decided, you know what, Instagram makes more sense for me. Um, and people who loved still creating long form content continued on their blog. 
But what I found now over many, many years of being in, in this game, so like I said, seven years of my business, but 10 years in the industry, is that the website, and I don't necessarily call it the blog anymore, the website is your own platform. Right. So it's your own digital, digital destination for your own marketing engine for your business. Right. Now, I can't say to you, you should just be on Instagram for Women of the City. You'd be like, that doesn't make sense. We need our own website where we drive people to to buy tickets, et cetera. And the same goes for an influencer. So, yes, maybe most of their um, money right now comes from social, which makes complete sense for brands. You know, there's a somewhat transparency and seeing a follower number and engagement count to know that, okay, this influence is more, more worthwhile to me than not. But then on the other side, you know that actually, you know that that doesn't actually make as much sense because you'll see someone who has a much smaller following than someone else who makes way more money than them because yeah. they have a much built up and more connected community maybe yes. on their email list or on TikTok or on somewhere else. Um, so I feel like for the website, you know, we have this whole campaign going at the moment called Forever Digital Home. And it's like, you know, an influencer that cares about the future and the scalability of their business, they understand the importance of their site. Um, not necessarily in the old school form of you're writing long, long, like a thousand word essays on the site. Right. But it's a place where you're bringing people back and you're actually learning how to market to them. Absolutely. And Isabel, for yourself, what do you think the... I'm, I'm not going to say the future of PR because I think you, you're um, across spectrum. Mm -hmm. um, but what do you think the future of your industry looks like and how has it changed more so in the last 19 months? I think that, like, say, on the panels before, I kind of want to say, like, yes, to everything that Chloe has just said. <laughs> uh, and I completely see that. I think that when I first started in the industry, I did a lot of celebrity endorsements. Mm -hmm. um, and PR and especially influence marketing, is all about a narrative and right. creating a story. Right. And when you work with celebrity, it definitely has its time and a place. But we've all gone on Instagram and we've seen, a, you know, an ad for a product that we think looks cool. And if you're anything like me, you screenshot it and it goes in a folder of 5,000 screenshots. And you think, <laughs> oh, yeah, I'll remember that. And then you never look back and it just stays there. Um, and we've been seeing a trend, especially with our brand campaigns that, you know, we run on behalf of brands that working with 50-odd micro-influencers that have a really amazing relationship and community with their followers. Right. Their followers trust what they're saying. It's not just about, you know, a quick snapshot. It is a narrative. They've got a brand voice. Brand voice is so important that they are getting better results than they would do if it's just one advert. And they can work with 50 influencers for the price that they would work with one celebrity endorsement. Um, and I think people really trust what influencers are saying because we all follow people and we kind of think like that they're our friends mm -hmm. and everyone on the team laughs at me because I'll talk about girls who I've seen post on the internet and I'm like, oh yeah, someone I know said this. And it's like, well, you don't actually know them, but you feel like you do. Right. And we've all sat there with girlfriends and with mums and spoken about a product and gone away thinking, oh, well, she loves that. I'm going to go and buy that. And that's why influence marketing works because you trust them. So, yeah, working with 50 people who you really trust and believe is better than working on a one-off ad, you know, that's just an endorsement. Right. And I think when you've got, you know, a group of influencers promoting something, mm -hmm. you're going to go on your phone and all of a sudden all these people you trust are all talking about something. Right. So you can't escape it. You don't forget about it. You're logging on and you're saying, oh, everyone's talking about this. I need to be part of that. I want to jump onto that trend. Yeah. And we've seen it happening, like, 
we have a weekly bulletin that goes out which talks about influencer trends so our influencers know what's happening. Green is the trending colour. <laughs> so it's proof, you know, that we really do trust yeah. what influencers are doing and we, we do buy into that. Absolutely. Um, and further to that, actually, um, on your side, so the tech side of things, I think especially over the last 19 months or so, we've seen that your platform is one that's actually really needed because so many people have been looking for other ways to bring to life what they've been doing when they can't actually leave their house or they can't actually, you know, go to places anymore. They actually need that website. They actually mm -hmm. need much more than just an Instagram page. Um, so given that, what would you say that looks like in terms of, I'd say even the next two years, um, and do you think that it's something that people might even start thinking, oh, wait, I don't actually need someone to do that for me. I can do that myself. Or do you think it's, it's to the point where they actually do need specialist people that can tell them this is what you need to do. And you think it sounds easy to do it yourself, but actually it's not. Mm, I hear that. It depends. I think it depends on where you are at in your journey. Right. You know, like if you're starting out and you don't have, a budget right you know like when people come to us and they don't have a budget like I don't force things on people you know what I mean like um I built a bootstrap business so I don't like to tell people oh you need to spend thousands thousands doing this if I know they can't afford it right. there are multiple tools out there online for you to set yourself up like you can go from like nothing to having your own e-commerce store in like one day if you set up on Shopify like there's so many amazing tools and that's very very foundational in my ethos to know that there's everything you need. You go on people prowl, you go on Upwork, you find someone in another country that can help you do anything that you need. Like I can set up a new business today and you look at you think it was like some big, big business and it's not because I've been able to find all these online resources. Right. So I think that when you're starting out, it's important to be strategic in, in order to find find people and resources to help you start off. But you do get to a point where you realize to actually kind of take your business to the next level, yeah. you need to then hire experts yeah. in any business you'll know in your own. Like you get to a point where you know that you have to start hiring people who are smarter than you in exactly. certain different subsets exactly. so that they can guide you on the right path. Otherwise, if you're always the smartest person in the room, you don't okay. go that far. So you do get to that point. And that's that, at that point is where we come in. So yes. it's like, okay, well, I've gathered all of these experts and for all of our clients, they know, okay, well, if it's Chloe Digital certified, it means something. Yes. It means that they are an expert because I do the work to find that person right. and they're at that stage where they need it. But I think in terms of starting out, honestly, people come to me all the time and I'm like, no, we won't do it because I don't want them to pay for it and then spend their last money that they've, oh, they've saved up for just to get one <laughs> website. No. <laughs> and you said something very key there, actually, and you were talking about, you know, uh, being the smartest person um, that you know in the room. And that's actually, uh, I think, very key in any business that mm -hmm. it's always important to have people that are better than you. And I think if a, a lot more businesses adapted that and saw that that was, you know, a thing that they needed to do, then, you know, Exactly. We, we, we all <laughs> go for definitely um and i think finally what i'd like to speak about is um you know influencers now being seen actually as real business men and women and let's talk about molly may um, oh, love <laughs> as the creative director of pretty little thing and then uh, kendall jenner of uh, forward um you know even i'd say someone like um gosh how have i forgotten his name um the creative director of Barma, 
Um, I I think he's sorry. Olivier. Yeah. Olivier. Um, and I think he was someone that's actually started this from the very beginning. And although it's been so many years in between, um, it's taken us um, a little longer to get where we are now. I think people are actually starting to see that uh, influence that can actually be business women and men. So what are your thoughts on that? I think for me, it goes kind of back to what I was saying earlier is that, you know, I've lived and breathed this industry for such a long time and there's so many important roles within fashion and beauty that we all acknowledge if you go home and say that you are uh, a journalist or you work in PR like I did um, or a photographer or a model or a stylist right. nobody disregards that yeah. but mm. if you say and I get it all the time <laughs> and you'll get this I work with influencers everybody is like oh those influencers blah 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 and they have so much to say about it but it's like those people they're doing all of that right and there's still there's so much marketing research that needs to go into it yes. you're constantly analyzing your audience statistics what do my audience want to see uh, are they men or women where are they from what time do they want me to post what do brands what messaging do they want us to convey and we forget that all that goes into it it is not simply posting a picture and I would say that I love work, I love what I do, and I work constantly, but I have never met people who work harder than these influencers who we work with because they are, they're on 24-7. They've got to be able to share themselves with people all the time, and that's really hard yes. because, yeah, I like doing my hair and makeup. Half the time I'm sat at home in my pyjamas and my laptop out, and I wouldn't be prepared to, to go online and share that with everyone. That is a huge investment that these people are making. Right. Um, and that's them logging into their businesses in the exact same way that we would go into the office and open up our laptops and sit down for a day at work. It's no different. It's just modern and it's just evolving. Absolutely. Okay. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> Honestly, controversial or not, I think that seeing an influencer as a business person is controversial because majority of influencers are women yeah if this was a male-dominated industry do you think we'd be having these types of conversations no so these incredible women have built successful businesses six seven eight figure businesses that's no joke they've been able to make brands millions if not billions of dollars that's right. also no joke right. so they are business people right. from the jump they don't need to own a physical or digital product to be a business person as being an influencer and be able to work with a brand or whatever you're doing, you are a business person. Absolutely. So I don't see any transition. I think right now in the industry, it's very much like you have to get to that point. So someone who I love, Mariana Hewitt, she launched Summer Fridays. Yeah. And then now she's a businesswoman, but she was already a businesswoman. Like yeah. She was running her influencer right. business, her content-based business for many, many years before she did that. And she made it as a success. But now she's seen in the media as a businesswoman. Right. But with me, why I'm so passionate about it is I work with many, many incredible women, hundreds of women who have built their own houses, their husbands work for them, like this madness that they've been able to do. And yet they're not seen as entrepreneurial or, or business owners right. because they don't own a physical right. or digital product. Yeah. But it doesn't make any sense. Right. Like I'm so, I'm still so confused. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. And I always say that people come to me and they're like, oh yeah, influencers, but what do you actually get from that other than content? Our last campaign has a return on investment of 154% for the brand. Yeah. It has been a long time of me working in PR since I saw figures like that. Yeah. And I think that normally shuts people up because they're like, okay, cool, we get it. And I think people care about influencers. It goes back to 
that personal investment, that personal relationship. And when people care, they shop. And that's why it works. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. (laughs) Well, thank you both, Isabel and Chloe. That was Mm -hmm. a very insightful uh, conversation.